0: But what it really means is what you were saying was just not worth saying. And you probably shouldn't have written it anywhere Yeah. <laughs> <Damn. laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't that be great if that's actually how people treated writing mm, content for us that. to go consume and on the internet? You know? It's just not how it is, man. It's just not. This they were like, oh, how it, turns it is out, due. It turns out I said nothing. Maybe I should just not hit publish. But then where would Twitter be? Where would it be? Probably profitable. <laughs> <laughs> Scotch. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 105 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and I am now a cyborg. I'm Sam and I'm a mythical leprechaun. And today is June 32nd, 2017. Before we start, we have a warning... (laughs) Anything can happen on this show. We have traveled forward in time. So culture is different now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so our norms may be different than your norms. Yeah. And we're referring uh, to people named people norm. People named norm. Yeah, they're yeah. just all different now than they used to be. Yeah. You know, because of culture, it well, changes. Well, over no, time. all of your norms died mm-hmm. and we just have new ones. So. Yeah. Um, also, there will be <laughs> profanity on this podcast, but that's totally acceptable now. Here in the year 2017, mm-hmm. so it's been a li- uh, the culture's really loosened up. A yeah, lot. we mostly just it keep has. this warning here out of tradition. Mm-hmm. Really, yeah, uh, this podcast's been going for a thousand years at this point. Actually, so. We took a we took a thousand year break. Since, since the last episode. Oh yeah. Right. Actually given the number. Actually is this episode one hundred five or is this episode a big Well the thing that? is numbers don't mean anything anymore. Oh, because that's right. now the ruled the world is ruled by an artificial superintelligence mm-hmm. and we all just lounge around and are fed grapes. So we all forgot how math works. Yeah. So it's fine. You know? Yeah, what is math anyway? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I forgot. I guess who cares? Right? Um, so since nothing matters and we live in the future, let's just get on to some questions. Just see, <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, see Do not know. <laughs> you want to talk about some recent events like the most recent E3? We could. You know? Yeah. What sure. happened? Uh, what happened at so this is E3 number one thousand and uh, like thirty ish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. I think to me, like the, the biggest news is probably the launch of the the X, X, box, XX box, 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 X. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also yeah. known as the Z box. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously. Duh, yeah. Right. Uh, I thought that was, I mean, I thought it was pretty cool. And I, and I, and I mean, that was kind of paired because actually Microsoft and Nintendo, as everybody knows, are the same company now. Yep. And Nintendo is Micro, Micro Tendo. Micro <laughs> Microtendo, who recently also launched the new, 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 new 3DS Extreme. 3DS Extreme Extreme 2D new. edition. Right, mm-hmm. that yeah. one. And, uh, which is really similar to the one that doesn't have that like little suffix on there, you know, but, but they've added some pretty cool, uh, you know, graphics capabilities. Like the thing actually, I think it has like a whole gigabyte now. Yeah. They've is, really, they've really moved forward with their yeah. RAM. Yeah, my favorite thing is they have that, that 4d slider on it. So yeah, when you play yeah, it, yeah. it actually moves forward in time. Actually, yeah, and you move forward and backward in time actually yeah. it's a, it's but I mean cool there's device. been a lot of hints and this is this is something that that uh, Microtendo didn't really spend much time on because they've just been kind of teasing at it but they're working on their new 5DS where on the other side you slide it and you turn inside out while you play <laughs> yeah yeah uh, that one it, gets a little uncomfortable I think it's pretty uncomfortable but you know they yeah. felt like with the 3D you know everybody going cross-eyed people were still cool with it well you know, I think so, I think yeah. what they're really trying to they're thinking about they're, they're looking back you know a thousand years ago at the VR trend and they're like well, everybody vomited a lot during that time. Yeah, but they were just getting used to the new technology. So yeah. now we're inverting people's bodies. Right, slightly uncomfortable, yeah. but we think the populace is going to love it at the end. Yeah, because honestly, you get it, used to it. Yeah. Honestly, you know, we're really even now we're still just exploring like what a game can be. It's true, you know. And <laughs> right. sometimes, and we haven't really explored this space of inside-out gaming, yeah. like where your organs are outside your body. <laughs> It's just, a, it's just a whole new, a new frontier. frontier. Yeah, yeah but and I mean, if the frame rate is high enough, you don't even notice. That's true. <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> That's true. I mean, inside-out gaming really does depend on uh, about 96 frames per second. Yeah. If it drops below that for even a moment, then your organs go right back inside your body again, and then mm-hmm. the whole experience is ruined. Yeah, especially if it yeah. kind of wavers in between because you're going inside-out, like back it's and forth. It's real uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. makes a lot of people really sick. It's, so. <laughs> you will throw up. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I guess, if you throw up while you're inside... <laughs> Then really oh, you're yeah, just eating. Which, <laughs> which, <laughs> yeah. That's true. That is true. People have been known to eat while playing The new 5 <laughs> DS. It's very you know, it's uncomfortable. The 5 DS, uh, well, you know, if you wanna if you want to pioneer a new technology. Future's here, it's always rough. It's always rough The future is be literally first. here. Yeah. Because we are in the future now. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's right. Um but also in the other, I just want to also just make a comment on some of the recent uh you know, political stuff that's been happening in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, We're finally, finally, we made the full switch on to solar, which actually just like happened, you know, last week. Without, mm-hmm. Now solar, the yeah. problem has been though, that, uh, and I don't know if everybody actually is aware of this, if you've been following the science trends and stuff, but it turns out that, you know, the whole global warming thing, it turns out that it was actually universe warming because we were creating so much mm-hmm. greenhouse gases that we just filled up the universe, the universe with yeah. it. Yeah. It's kind of like Betty the Yeti when, you know, she's, going up that mountain and, and global warming seas are just chasing her all the way to space. It turned out to be actually exactly the same thing. And we were just generating so much heat from all this carbon dioxide that we we're actually going towards the heat death of the universe, but it wasn't the heat death that we all expected. We we're, were just burning it to death. We're just burning yeah. it to death. We felt like the heat death yeah. is supposed to be where just everything is the same really low temperature. Yeah. But actually now we're just everything heated really really to death. Temperature. Yeah. 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 Well, on the plus side, I mean, yes, obviously earth is uninhabitable. Um, yeah. But you know, we all knew that. was We actually coming, are right? on Pluto right now. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, on the, on the plus side, all the colder planets, you know, they just kind of progressively got hotter. So it got yeah. We know? did Pluto spend some nice. time on Mars, and there that was, was a good okay. yeah. There was some good time on Mars. It for a, a couple while. hundred years before we blew before it, that on planet accident. burned out. So. Well, I mean, first it went under the ocean, right? If you remember, right. yeah, Because right. all the ice caps melted on Earth, and they, all the way, it went all the way up to Mars. And, and right. that was fun for a while. But then the water got too hot. Yeah. And then so we got tired of swimming. And that phrase? You know, boiling a frog. Yeah. You can always if you boiling slowly at Earth, turn the temperature up. Yeah. It'll yeah. Just boil on Earth and the Earth won't even notice. And yeah. then pretty soon, pretty soon, the humans will have to build spaceships and jump out of the boiling water and then destroy some other planes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we're good at that, though. We've mm-hmm. practiced that craft. Yeah. Yep. So, otherwise, um, you know, we're all immortal now, which is great. Yep. Um, it's so a little weird, though. It's basically redefined all of world politics, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to stay motivated, frankly, because mm-hmm. there's always time to do stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, we spend yeah. a lot of time watching Netflix. Yeah, If you thought procrastination yeah. was a problem, <laughs> you know, back when you guys only lived, like, 70 years. I mean... People have procrastinated for seventy years. Well, yeah. Well, and, and honestly, you know, you know yeah. that the word procrastination is now just sort of an ancient anachronism. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody even knows because nobody Cause you can't procrastinate yeah. now because you're always going to do the thing. Yeah. At yep. some point. And of course, you know, back back in the day, in the two thousands, mm-hmm. you know, people are always talking about like the economy. You're like, oh yeah, it has to be growing, and everybody's like, well, you know, if it grows, it grows, but eventually it'll get there. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. so there's really no. We've really lost a sense of urgency. I feel like yeah, yeah. Immortality is paired with apathy. It turns out. Yeah, that I weird. think I think the being chased by boiling water has helped. That a was the. You know, I think it was the only some, thing. That, that was, was the only motivator. Yeah. It's now gone. we're on Pluto. So I mean, like, who, so who, who cares? cares? Life has yeah. no meaning anymore. This is a again. very boring planet, now. Yeah, it's so tiny. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not even sure it's a planet. It's That's hard. True. It's and hard I mean, to tell. Yeah, I think I may have missed, but but if you remember that convention, a few. A few years ago, after we all moved to Pluto, and they were like, "It feels bad living on a thing that's not a planet." So why don't we just reclassify right. it, right, to make us all feel better? Because it's arbitrary. Anyways. It's arbitrary. Anyway. Yeah, and really, we're just beginning to explore what a planet can be. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's right. like yeah. we're just right on the mm-hmm. frontier of that. That's <laughs> true. So- <laughs> It's really uncomfortable. I mean, sometimes you, can't, you throw up because it's spinning so fast. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, who who really can say what a planet is? You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's uh, it's just up to the, whoever it's the interpretation the of, of the astronomer. Whoever as whoever's it, whoever experiences the planet gets to decide for themselves mm-hmm. whether it's a planet or yeah. not. So, um, yeah. So I mean, things of things are progressing. They're basically yeah. they, you know the more but they progress, the same. really, they're just yeah. The same. yeah. Uh, all right, so let's get on to some questions now. Bear in mind that these questions are pretty old; mm-hmm. they're about a thousand years old. So yeah, fortunately our server is still running, which yeah. has been pretty impressive. So yeah. we were able to retrieve them. Yeah. Um, and so we'll try to dig back into our memories and try to put ourselves into the mental space that mm-hmm. we would have been in. Had we be answering these questions on, uh, like in early July of 2017. Mm-hmm. So all right, first question comes from decoy. I've been listening to the adventure zone podcast quite regularly since you recommended it, since you recommended it mm-hmm. past tense, mm-hmm. uh, would you ever consider a similar podcast product, maybe with some other system like Alternity? I don't know what Alternity is. I think it's maybe like a D and D kind of like thing. I think that's a fair guess. You know, we did we did play D and D as a crew mm-hmm. about a thousand years ago, but we did yep. do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then, and then at the time we were like, we're definitely going to do this again, and we haven't. And we plan <laughs> on it though, but you know, yeah. we got a lot of time. Immortality so. makes you lazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh, you yeah, know, we we did we did play before, and it was a lot of fun. It was very goofy. Uh, If I recall, I wore my voice out by pretending to be a very high-pitched bard. You were a gnome. Most of us were gnomes, if I recall. We were a traveling band of gnomes. I was a gnome monk named Tibbly Binglebong. I was a (laughs) lizard person named Wadoopy Doopy or something. I don't remember what my name was. I don't know what it was. I don't recall. I have um, looked into some alternatives to to D&D. Um, are there any that are faster? That's The thing is like <laughs> there's some that are like kind of trying to be, you know, but I think I think kind of like D&D itself, they, you actually have to play it before you have the context to understand even what it's about. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem holds true with all the alternatives or the, the you know, similar kinds of games that they can tell you, "Oh yeah, it's, you know, this is meant to be kind of a streamlined version of D&D or something." But you can't know that. Like you can't understand what the hell that is that they even mean because they still have like a novel you have to read first, Right. and uh yeah, so I don't know. I haven't I haven't actually just explored that in that space, which and maybe you, you know might be something that I in like the next thousand years or, or I right. check we into. could make a tabletop game. Whoa, that is a pamphlet. It's just a pamphlet right. of how so, to play. So it's a pamphlet. It's a Inter intra plan- pamphlet game. Not a ta- it doesn't go on the table. It's in a pamphlet. Yeah, everybody. You just you just distribute leaflets to everybody. It's just a small you sheet. Just a airplane or yeah. You just drop. Them. Yeah, I wonder if this happened when the printing press was invented. But D D, if someone just like printed up some <laughs> hand hand guides, handbook guides, pamphlet guides to a uh, Dungeons mm-hmm. and Dragons, you know, July Fourth edition. Back in the day, probably happy yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's probably I, I think I mean, this isn't actually commonly known, but Gutenberg, you know, the guy who invented the press, actually invented D and um, And then it was back in the seventies; people rediscovered the original DD mm-hmm. book, and then just stole yeah. all. Of oh. It was originally called Gutenberg's Magical Printing Adventure. Yeah, this is something that we discovered about five hundred years ago, and we we're you know like going through old old libraries and archives and stuff. Did I tell you about the book called Libromancy? Lib- From a while Libro? ago, Libra, Libra, Libramancy, Libra, like the, like the, uh, Libra the like Librarian. Oh, okay. Like a book, Li- so like libra-, book. libra, Libra man. So, so here's here's the <laughs> idea put forth by this book, which is pretty awesome. Which is, there's some people who can reach into books and grab the things that the book is talking about, and, like, grab it. That, like they, they can can't manifest. do it with it other than grab it. Well, I mean, they it's... can they can manifest it and pull it out. So, but only so the only physical things. So, like, if a book is about happiness, you can't reach in and Whoa. get happiness. <laughs> that's always true, though. Yeah, that's always true. But you know, you can pull out you, can pull out, you know laser guns and stuff. But Gutenberg was the first person to discover this. Yeah. It's a very, it's an interesting book. Lieber does Man. does Gutenberg now, is the way I'm not going to he... spoil it because he's very involved. Okay, all right. So I'm not talking anymore about it. Cool. Okay. Cool, but cool, I recommend cool, cool. it. It's pretty fun. All right, I'll have to give that one. All right, so we're going to, if I just can recap. So we're going to invent a leaflet style tabletop game mm-hmm. that you play with your friends. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, the next question comes from Dead Earth Man. Seth, this is for me. That's <laughs> All right, Seth. Any plans to bring back the early platformer with the rocket-armed protagonist who looked suspiciously like you? Don't we just make ourselves in video games (laughs) after all? It did look suspiciously like you. (laughs) It was mostly the rocket fists. It was mostly that. Yeah. So what was this though? Tell people. It was like an ethnically ambiguous, uh, like middle-aged man with a full beard and head of hair, right? And rocket fists and green goggles. Yeah. So I definitely have most of the oh, I right. most sorry. of those boxes. Definitely, that's what you look like now. But I forgot this was asked, you know, thousands of years yeah, ago right. when you were bald and Yeah, I yeah. didn't look like that back then. Yeah. but I've, undergone, that's my, right. I've undergone my trans Yeah, trans- yeah You didn't trans- even, trans- even have <laughs> the rocket fists yeah. back then. Yeah. No, oh, that was a very clear-voient kind <laughs> really, of Really, you know, life you just imitates art. You it know does. What I mean? Yeah. So, and art imitates uh, art. This was, a, this was a game that I... This was the first game I ever worked on. It's called Sky Brawler. Sky Brawler. It was for a Kickstarter... Like, I mean, I kickstarted it. This was around the time that Kickstarter first appeared. You did successfully kickstart it. I successfully kickstarted it for a few thousand dollars. um, Worked on it for a a year. And according to my sort of projections of what the game was supposed to end up being, I was about 6% of the way done. (laughs) And I didn't know enough about programming at the time. So the game kept getting worse in terms of optimization, bugs, crashes, everything. and I didn't know enough about basically anything about games in general. So the design was bad and most things about it were bad. So the, the, the rocket steering was pretty fun. Yeah. That's true. You mean when like you turn on your rocket boots yeah, and then yeah. you, and you just like fly, you, turn, you like stiffen up like a human oh, missile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are that part was fun. I, I sometimes wonder what it would be like to create that now of mm-hmm. uh, knowing what I know. Maybe we should do it for a jam game. Somehow. Do it for a jam, to make a rocket fist yeah. jam game. We could do that. Um, but yeah, I ended up I ended up contacting all my backers and telling them, hey, I, I'm not I'm not going to finish this. Mm-hmm. So I'll, let me know and I will send you your money back. So, <laughs> so that's what I did. Yeah, yeah, I think I did. only one person asked for it back. Yeah, not, uh, no, a few people did. A few people. But most people were just like, I was just happy to contribute. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, what and, well, and to be fair, <laughs> without those people... Butterscotch shenanigans might not exist. True. Yeah. Actually, I mean, I did I did, I did write them a big thank you letter basically saying, you know, it is because of that uh project that I was able to instead of getting a law internship for the summer, I was able to sustain myself over the summer and just make games full time. And that was my first experience doing that. I think because of that time I was able to put in, you know, that kind of kicked everything off uh to mm-hmm. get us where we are. So, you know, it was good. It was yeah, and, and to kind of to, to to recap for those of you who might, you know, have forgotten. Where we are now is we actually are the biggest company in the entire galaxy. Yeah. yeah micro Tendo is actually a subsidiary. They're yeah. actually very small yeah. nowadays. That's where the micro Peanuts. comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they finally, again, life imitated art, you know, mm-hmm. where art is a name yeah. in, this, in this case. And life is a, co- a company. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question comes from 30 Extra. I'm interested in visiting St. Louis at some point. What are the essential things you, to do in your city? B-Scotch Studio tour. I guess we should probably talk about St. Louis maybe now and also as, 2, it, was. Years ago. as, as it, it was, as it were. Yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's uh, scotch HQ is small. It was it was small. Yeah. Now it <laughs> occupies now it occupies three quarters of Pluto. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so you would probably die before you were able to traverse the whole thing. Actually, yeah. except that you. Live forever. So. Right, so never mind. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be fine. <far, laughs> sorry, I'm, having, I'm still having a hard time grappling with this this newfound reality. God, <laughs> you know, it's a very strange place. It's weird because it's been this way for a thousand years right now, but you it's still just, just hard to get It's just hard to wrap your head around. <laughs> but the, the St. Louis of old, uh, you know, BSHQ is literally Seth's Basement. So yeah, so you, we tour, don't give out tours because that means me giving out my home address to correct. internet randos. Yeah. Not that you're an internet rando. I'm sure you're a perfectly nice, sensible person well, I mean, who any, isn't a murderer. Anyone right? you don't know <laughs> is an internet rando, which doesn't necessarily and mean- And every internet rando is a murderer. Well, prob- I mean, if you just roll the dice. If you just roll the dice you know? and it's always a murderer. Speaking of rolling the <laughs> dice, uh, did you know that Amazon Alexa- Mm-hmm. Can do dice rolls if you say hey Alexa, roll a roll a d twenty. That sounds like witchcraft. It's pretty fun. I mean, this is of course. Can, can Alexa consult- now could also do like a million other things because she is actually the AI that runs our stuff. I mean, Alexa I is all, yeah. all knowing and all mm-hmm. seeing. Yeah, and Alexa lives in our minds and hearts. I mean, yeah, right. uh, but you know, as it used to be, Alexa was just a little cylinder that sat on your kitchen counter. Yeah. She. And we <laughs> thought humble, it was humble beginnings. Yeah, we thought it was yeah. cute you when know, she could roll dice for us. You know. Yeah. 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 I and mean, now weird, weird the best. times. As far as other, <laughs> other stuff to do in the city of uh, of St. Louis, it's a very it's a very good spot to be to do a bunch of free but sort of high culture things. So, the St. Louis Art Museum, totally free and enormous and a beautiful building. Uh Forest Park, which is the biggest park in the country. It's bigger than Central Park. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, on that. or you can just drive like another twenty minutes west and then just be in the wilderness. That's also awesome. which it's is it's way bigger probably than any park, n- and it's probably not bigger than Yosemite National Park. No, no it's it's the biggest city park. Okay, in the But not also, it has fewer <laughs> active volcanoes under it and bears. There are no bears, no bears mm. to speak of. But what if I wanted bears and volcanoes? Well, if you want bears, then you just go to the zoo, which is in <laughs> in, the, in, the, in forest park. <laughs> is there a volcano zoo? Which is also free but what about yeah, there's volcano, no volcano zoo but there's um, a science center which does have volcanoes in it so i guess it's kind of it also volcano. has a giant animatronic t-rex and there's also the city museum the where, city museum is crazy if you go there i believe after 9 p.m so it's a giant it's not a, it's not actually a museum i don't know why it's called this yeah. it's kind of a marketing problem but mm-hmm. it's basically a building that's an enormous jungle gym so it's just several it's like stories tall weird stuff tons of stuff to climb on and like things to go through and whatever and then i believe after nine they also serve drinks and they kick all the kids out it opens it yeah it's a bar for adults it's a a bar for drunk adults to climb on (laughs) (laughs) it's amazing it's a really good place. super safe and everyone's always talking about the arch of course you know Mm -hmm. going to the arch uh it's cool it's a cool thing to do but there's other, you know, really neat stuff going on in the city that's that's free or whatever else. And there's the Fox Theater, so there's Broadway shows, that sort of thing. Yeah, um, you, you really can do, do pretty much just your normal city, city thing. Anything you want to do in a city, you can. Good food, do. shows. Oh yeah, the barbecue. Mother yeah. Moses is good. Uh, the food's yep. delicious. Drinks are good. It's know. all good. Just do, do whatever just you want. Go, just go come for it. a visit. And most of it's the weird thing is most of those big things are free things. Yeah. So Forest Park's completely free. Science Center. Although a lot of that's Seems. because money doesn't mean anything anymore. It's also true, you know. Right. And I mean, we were we were fortunate in that we you know we took St. Louis with us to Pluto. Mm-hmm. So actually, everything we're yep. saying about it in the past is the same as it is now, mm-hmm. which is pretty great. Yeah. Um, though, though the free It's part, weird that the city has remained completely identical, though. Yeah. In a thousand yeah. years, but well, I think, you know. uh, and I don't know, like I didn't talk to the city planners, you know, like I don't, I don't know them, but or or Alexa, because probably most of this was well, her, that's her who her the dealer. city planner is, but mm-hmm. yes, well, right. Uh, but I mean, presumably she decided, you know, this was a, a historical entity, um, that needed to be kind of kept in preservation. Yeah. It's yeah. A pres- it was a preservation project, yeah. uh, but it is very cool. I mean, it is the way that, that I remember it, you know, from mm-hmm. 2000 years ago, yep, basically the same. Yeah. Our next question comes from Bula. Indie devs can feel like a filthy used car sales person when marketing their game, especially sending emails to press lists. How did you get over that yucky feeling? This is very slanderous toward oh. used car sales salespeople. Yes. They're filthy. How do you get over hawking <laughs> your wares? Is that basically the question? Yeah. Well, I think for starters, if so used cars, used car sales folk generally don't spend several years building a car themselves mm-hmm. and then selling that. Mm-hmm. Um also, the so reason you, they, can, the reason you can can feel kinda, dirty though. You can feel good about that part. Yeah. Well, the reason they feel dirty though is because usually they're selling something that they know is not very good. Yeah. So you their should goal is to try to convince you that something right. bad is. You shouldn't like good. feel like a used car salesman. You should feel like a salesman uh-huh. of a of a Tesla. You should feel like a Tesla brand new Tesla salesperson. Yeah. yeah. You, should, you should be sitting there, and be like, I got the highest. Except if, except if vehicle. you were Elon Musk, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because you made it. Yeah. Do you do you think do you think Elon Musk? Felt bad about telling people how awesome the Tesla was. Nah. He was like, if you don't buy this, you're dumb. Yeah. Yep. You're a big dumb. And everyone looked at him and they're like, you're right. You're right. Yeah, we agree. This is a this beautiful is machine. So I think I that's the it. first step is don't, don't try to sell things that resemble used cars. That would yeah. be your first step. And then the second step as far as sending out emails and stuff or just contacting people is just... We just just remember you're doing them a favor because if you made something amazing, think about think about their life. If you're a if you're a game reviewer, how many how many bad games come into your inbox every day? Many. How many many true used car salesmen are they being buffeted by every day? So so you finally come in, you've got an amazing thing that you spent years working on. It's beautiful, it's polished, it's the most fun game ever made. And they look at you weeping "Thank Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you for setting me free from yes. this mind prison. Yeah. So that's what you got that's, that's to, you got to believe in. I think it's, prison. you got to learn to believe in your own, in your own stuff. Yeah. And, and I that's think if, it. if you, to me, this is really just, if, if you don't believe in it, that's actually just a different That problem. means maybe if, if you do have a gut feeling that you feel bad about even just like exposing another person to the thing you made, you might want to revisit it. Maybe. Yeah. Make it makes either. Just- either <laughs> Either you're not accurately judging your own work or you are. And in both cases, you need to reevaluate. Right. That. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also true to say, you know, the early stuff you make is going to be worse than the later stuff you make, right? Doesn't and, mean it has uh, to be garbage, though. It's not to be garbage, but it's okay to feel a little bad about the fact that you couldn't, you know, make Call of Duty 3,017 as we're currently on that mm-hmm. iteration these days. Yeah. So, you know, just because you can't have the most cutting-edge graphics or the most, uh, you know, intense RPG Mechanics available. It's fine. You know, can yeah. we talk about Call of Duty for a second? What's up? Because it's really weirding me out how like Madden and then the NBA games and Call of Duty have all merged to just make one game. It's just yeah. called Three K Seventeen. It's gotten kind of uh, weird. Yeah, like I'm trying to play basketball here and, and I keep getting headshot. Basketball mm-hmm. and yeah. God damn. All right, next does, question. But it, but it does feel very real, which is—I f- I mean, it feels all real. we can really ask for. It feels real, as real as it could feel if, if it was if you in real life played basketball. Well, that's right, because of all well, got of, shot because of the suits, yeah, that, yeah, that we wear while we're playing the game. right yeah. because of the VR football bags that we yeah. wear um, that simulate feelings and emotions. Right, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it just feels like there's too much going on. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you know, maybe next year they'll try something new. Is it jumping the shark? Is it the phrase? Like, you know. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe they they need to kind of separate back out. Mm -hmm. You know, don't do too much. Just Mm -hmm. do what you're good at, guys. Mm -hmm. Our next question comes from Edward. That's just it. Just Edward. That's a great, that's great, a great. <laughs> B-Scotch ID. Yeah. He's got that one on lock. Uh, Edward said, how did you arrive at 12% as your margin of error in episode 90? What's well, your meta margin of error? Episode 90, which yeah. was several uh, thousand years ago. Give what me some are you talking about? Was we were talking about, I don't know why or how I remember this, but we were talking about, <laughs> Wait, a- you, do B- you actually remember this? I do. Okay. We were talking about AB testing icons and uh-huh. we had discussed mm. that if they said that an icon was like uh Thirteen percent better than another one, then that is not good enough to for it to count as actually being better. Because uh, I believe Adam, you had said that there's a twelve percent margin of error on that particular confidence interval. It was a confidence interval. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, what was the question again? The question is, where did that number come from? Where did that (laughs) twelve percent come from? Uh, Came from the statistics panel. Yeah. So, if you if you go if you have a Google Play developer account and you're and you're selling your Google Play games. Um, then one of the, the statistics they added uh, at some point is they, they allowed you to do A-B testing where you could change icons, change whatever, and, and just see what happened. And they would give you a percent improvement or deprovement um, relative to, you know, your, the original icon or whatever. Uh, but, of course, that doesn't mean anything by itself because there's sampling error. Mm-hmm. So, what they also do is they just collect stats and they're, and they're, every time they, you know, increment the counter, they now modify what the margin of error is, basically just recalculate it, right? So, they're, they're calculating a 95% or, the, or 90% confidence interval, 90% confidence. 90, interval. yeah. So, they're basically saying, we are, if we were to see this same data, right? If that was coming from the real world, then 90% of the time, the real value would be within this range, mm-hmm. right? Which means we'd be right yeah. about nine out of 10 times, right? So, so then they give you then then they give you some numbers. So they'll be like, okay, the number is you you did better at six percent or whatever. Uh, our margin of error is is twelve percent, right? Um, and and they show you basically like plus or minus over zero, right? So mm-hmm. they're basically saying it could be plus twelve percent or minus twelve percent. And they're saying your your thing did better at six percent, like smack in the middle of this margin of error, right? The margin of error means that that number itself, that six percent, doesn't mean shit. You can just ignore it. Mm-hmm. It means. If you were inside be, of that range, that margin of error, is that whole range actually the direction you want it to be? Because if it basically is just straddling zero and is nearly flip symmetrical, a coin, flip a right. coin, right? The number itself doesn't mean anything. So what yeah. we saw with the with the test we did is we, we had to wait, I think, three or four weeks to get enough data to get that confidence interval to be pushed above, completely above 0%, where right. we knew that there was some improvement happening. We couldn't tell if it was, I think 12% was the top of the thing. 12% better. Um, and I think 3% think that was the bottom. So right. we don't know exactly how much. So better. we were, well, this is also, I think it's a good uh, sort of demonstration of the difference between statistical significance yeah. And actual significance, mm-hmm. right? right? So statistical significance, uh, Says, it's, it's yes, kind of a mis- these are probably different. Yeah, it's a misleading term because significant in the statistics sense just means that you are confident that it is different. Yeah. But significant in layman's terms means that it matters. Right. right. Which is not really what... They're it, not the that, same. Yeah, it's not the same. Yeah, yeah. so anytime you hear... This is, this is just an important life tip. Anytime you hear a study talking about how, you know, this group of people in some study had showed a significant improvement in something if they don't also tell you by how much right? well and i think important the margin of error well and also that and also even more context uh are they telling you absolute numbers or proportional numbers yeah because that so, also matters a lot because there are sometimes there will be a study where they'll be like did you know that if you eat bacon you are three times more likely to develop this particular type of cancer and it's like well and the baseline if, rate is like one in a hundred thousand yeah if, yeah so you're like okay does that meet? Is it? So if my chance goes from like 0.01% to 0.03%, do, do I, I care? care? Does that really, is that really probably a risk? <laughs> I'm going to keep eating bacon. Yeah, because I mean, that's the idea of relative risk, which you see a lot in medicine. Um, they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll talk about terms in relative risk, but what you care about as an individual is absolute risk. Because it's going yeah. to do with like getting on an airplane, right? It's like, yeah, if you get on an airplane while it's bad weather outside, that probably- changes your relative risk dramatically. Yeah. But your absolute risk of that airplane, something bad happening, is still nearly zero. Yep. So. And plus, whenever something bad happens, the airplane just disappears. Yeah, I mean, Alexa. Nobody even knows. Well, 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 no, I mean, I think Alexa just takes it out of the sky and puts it safely down somewhere. On Pluto or something. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, unless you're United, but uh, we know United actually turned into a gladiatorial combat uh, yeah, I mean, people people pay for a that now, years so, so yeah. it's okay. It was right. a really good sort of business pivot. On yeah, their, you know, they, well, it they, they, wasn't really much of a pivot, frankly. Right. No, they, they were they were they, <laughs> they were just actually, understood the niche. They, they just doubled providing. down on their competitive advantages. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which I mean, and they're still around, so they're still they're still Offering kicking. In-flight violence? Is they're literally kicking it? it. Yeah, I mean, I, I did try United <laughs> Flight once, but whew, man, that was I left with so many wounds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I trained for it. Yeah, it was kind of like you know, like those really old-timey things. Those places where you could go, like buy stuff and break it in a room, you know, Mm -hmm. which like we felt like that was really edgy, you know, um, it was kind of, it's like that idea, which always felt really good to walk out of there. Um, but it does feel way better just to go on a United flight. And, and be the only beat, one standing. Yeah, be the only one standing like beat the, the shit out of everybody. Right, <laughs> right. until you're just um, in a, just a bloodbath. Yeah, the problem it's is just, that the the staff there are really good at beating the shit out yeah. of people because they're yeah. on all the flights. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's because also, you're, you're yeah. at a disadvantage as a passenger ever since they instituted their one stab per checked luggage yeah. policy. Yeah. So, you know, you go in there, you weigh it, and they stab you. And then if it's over 50 pounds, they stab you again. Yeah. And so you're you already can, coming into the the fight to the death at a somewhat disadvantage because right. you are bleeding out by yeah, the time you but, get onto the plane. But you can pay that extra fifty bucks and you get to not be stabbed one of those right. times. Which is Just one though. Just one, yeah. You'll still be stabbed at least once. Right. So Well unless you're but unless you pay hundred because if you're in the if you're in the was it like the It's like the the metaphysical diamond tier or something like that, you know, or the no the quantum the quantum dongle tier, quantum dongle Um, on United flies. Yeah, if you're in there, then you actually get to stab everybody, and then you just watch from a safe distance. Yeah, Yeah. So that's only a few people are in that tier. Yeah, that's sort sort of that's a first class kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Our next question comes from Smelly Platypus. Uh, Where have you guys come to know this much life skills and knowledge? Mm. Well, we have been alive for a thousand. So it's just a general question, which has helped. How do we know stuff? Well, we talked, you know, back in, back in the summer of 2017, Spearmint Summer. Mm-hmm. Um, we made a big list. Everything worked great, by the way. It, yeah. yeah, <laughs> Still doing <everything> was fantastic. <laughs> we, uh, we made a, we, we were chatting with our, with all the rest of the Butterscotch crew and we just asked the question, you know, what do you guys, what are you guys interested in doing? What do you want to learn how to do or what's sort of the next thing on your list? Not necessarily, in terms of your, your actual core skill at work, your trade that you're applying, but, but the other stuff, so, you know, we give talks, we do the podcast. Um, we, we know things about a variety of things. We know how to do a wide variety of things. We write, we write, um, all sorts of things. So we made this big list up on the board. Um, and the idea was that we would pair up with, uh, with anybody who's interested in a particular thing in for experiment summer, uh, tackle that thing with them to help them sort of improve that, that, uh, aspect of whatever they're doing. Make meaningful progress. on. Yeah. That. And I think it was, it was actually a little, it was fun and, and weird, I think, to look at the list we made, which is this really big list of, you know, be, being able to write technical articles, for example, um, writing lore for video games, writing short fictional stories that work, um, handling marketing materials, all this sort of stuff, drawing, drawing, giving talks, uh, exercising, doing nutrition and all this stuff. Um, it was, it was a little odd at the time to look at the list and be like, yeah, I I feel comfortable doing all these things. Mm -hmm. It's a a big list of like good skills to have. And it's kind of fun to look at that and say, yeah, I got it. So how do we Oh, Well, I think it comes down, I think it just comes down to uh, not being hyper-focused on outcomes and learning how to embrace processes, right? Mm -hmm. Which is something that we do talk about a fair bit, but it does bear repeating, um, which is the idea of by constantly being thoughtful about the things that you're doing, um, you know, doing things like spending time writing every morning and just kind of like organizing your thoughts and planning your day and stuff like that. Um, and making sure that you expose your mind to as to a wide variety of activities so like take classes if you can to learn how to do different things um spend time in the evenings instead of watching tv and also i, I would attribute this to our, the fact that we grew up not watching tv uh, so we we been being taught to love to read yeah we <laughs> read a lot um, and we and we like to do things more so than yeah. to just i mean just last night i was reading a book about javascript for the hour before i went to bed who yeah. does that who does that <laughs> Adam. You know? <laughs> yeah. And that's that's why I know of a handful of things. I was I've been rereading stuff. the Power of Habit book. Yep. Yeah. Taking notes. And I was I was actually talking to my wife about this over the weekend. I was like, you know, it's almost universally the case that people who, who I talk to who um, haven't really like put their life where they want it. Like they may have plans of saying like, I want to be an author or I want to make video games or I want to do this or I want to do that. Um, there's literally nothing stopping them. Mm -hmm. They just need to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, and the one thing that kind of gets in the way is just your general life habits. And so by practicing being thoughtful about things, constantly evaluating what you're doing and taking a step back regularly and saying, am I spending my time the way that I, that sort of matches my goals. Mm-hmm. Um, then over time, this is like, this is what happens. This is where you end up. Uh, I also do want to just object to the premise of this, which is how do we know the stuff? Because we actually don't know anything. And we know that, which is, that's the only thing you need to know is that you're just wrong about everything. And that striving towards being more, cl- being closer to it's right. that confidence interval thing. <laughs> <laughs> Coming back. I mean, 90% you're sure. Right. We're in the ballpark of the correct direction. Right. Well, but so what, that, but so we, and not being completely, you know, stymied by that so they can keep on moving mm-hmm. forward. So you just always are pushing through this just vague fog where you know that you're not right, though you're doing the best that you can. But I think the interesting question that I think the thing people get hung up on is is actually the, the pushing through piece. Because, yeah. you know, going back to your thing about saying, there's a lot of people who want to do stuff who actually don't have, who don't necessarily have any limitations put on them or if but they, they do, feel limited in some regard, yeah, they aren't as limiting as they seem to Right. Say. So the question is what's actually happening there. And I do think a big, a big piece of it. Um, and this comes from the, the power of habit book too, is he talks about the core, the core role that simply just simple belief plays in the whole thing, which is you saying, yeah, I'm not good at this right now, right, but I will be, or saying I'm going to keep pushing because, because I believe genuinely I truly believe that I'm going to get there or whatever else. Yeah. If you don't have that belief in the first place, then yeah, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. You're just going to sit there. Cause why would you put energy into something that you don't think is going to pay yeah. out? And you, you always want to be thinking a year out where yeah. we're kind of thinking about, you know, everything that you do right now affects what this same day and next year is going to look like. And right all the years and everything everything after right and so compound interest problem and Mm -hmm. so if you've been doing things a certain way like maybe you come home every day and you uh heat up a hot pocket and then watch netflix and that's just that's kind of your monday through friday yep and then saturday and sunday it's xbox 32 xzx day right and you're gonna play three you're gonna play several rounds of 3k 17 you're gonna headshot some some basketballs Mm -hmm. uh you know and and, uh, and that's your weekend every weekend right and then, if you want your life to be different, you just have to accept that you just don't get to do those things anymore. Mm-hmm. Because if you keep doing the same thing, everything just stays the same. Yep. Right. And so it's it's that willingness to to look a year ahead or two or three or five or whatever and think uh, I want this to look a certain way. And if that's true, what am I going to start doing right now? And mm-hmm. what am I going to stop doing right now in order to make that make that happen? Yeah, there's really good. Uh... It's a, there's a motivational speech. It's somewhere on the internet, but it says something to the extent yeah, just do a Google search for- Motivational speech. Motivational I'm pretty speech. sure it's like one of the top ones. I Be care. sure to, be sure to add though on the internet yeah, to yeah. that Google search. Otherwise right. you might get who knows You might what. be on yeah. the quantum net. A VHS which, tape might just fly through your window yeah, or right, something. else will also happen. But uh, the the idea that the guy puts forth is that, and I'm sure people have heard this before, but it's the, the idea that our greatest fear is not that we're weak, but actually that we're powerful beyond measure. Because that means- if you accept that truth, that the fact that you're not where you want to be is you squarely your you fault. You just did that. You, you did, did that. it. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't need to do it, but for some reason you did. And It's, I think, it's easier to just go, nah, it's just the way it is. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, th- I do think, I mean, I, I really do think people, people undervalue themselves tremendously. Yeah. Basically all the time. Actually, if you ever say a sentence like, I'm just, I'm just not good at math. Mm-hmm. Right. That's not. True. That's just you saying. I've decided to be bad at math. Yeah. Well, that's no, no, what that's what not even. It's you just haven't spent time doing math. Well, yeah, that's that's the reality. Decided, decided that, yeah. yeah. But if you, if any time, right, here's here's a listener challenge. All right. Let's do it. All right. Uh, from this point forward, mm. literally forever, mm-hmm. you never you do have forever. You mm. never get to use the phrase "I'm bad at X." Instead, you yeah, have to say meaningless. Instead, you have to say, "I haven't spent and I haven't spent enough time doing X." to yep. be good at it yet. Mm-hmm. Now it's your fault. Yeah. Which is how it's supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not, you're not just inherently bad. You just have to put the time in. Yeah, but mm-hmm. but the thing is, it's just taking ownership of it, right? Because we also all get to decide what things we want to be good and bad at because we, uh, I mean, now it is the case that we get to live forever so we can be good at just everything. Yeah. But you know, a thousand That's years true. ago we, we had to decide, you know, we were only going to live by the time we were, you know, like a cap- adults capable of making decisions. So when it's we were time like, to retire. Yeah. We're now. like 30 ish or something, mm-hmm. you know, then you, you have, you're you halfway to, to being at the end already, right. you know? So yeah. you don't have a lot of time. You can maybe become an expert. And also we didn't have just like the, the automatic brain dumps mm-hmm. you know, from yep. Alexa. So you actually had to learn things for real. Yeah. And know? we didn't have robot arms. So you had to spend a lot of time at the gym, which yeah, really yeah. burned a lot of it hours. Takes, it takes a lot of your time. You know? Yeah. And we had emotions and stuff. And so we had to like talk to other people. I mean, yep. it, was it, was it, was it was a lot harder. It was rough. It was a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah. And as, and as a consequence, you know, just there was only so much time. And so you choose. Which, which things do I actually want to spend the time on? And for everything else, that was you making an active decision. No, I, I, I'm not going to spend my time to be good at that. I and have decided. The I other thing is that that's fine. That's fine. Provided you choose a thing. Because yeah. I think the, the one error that a lot of people make is they say, well, there's all these choices. And then a year later, you come back to them and you're like, there's still all these choices. I haven't like, chosen any of them. You're like, pick a damn thing. Yeah, pick a thing. Yep. Pick a thing. And do it because I think the reality is, and there's, there's also this, this funny push and pull because there's always things that you want to have done in the past. Yeah. So for example, so, I really would have liked to have learned Chinese past tense, very much so past tense because I know this would be very hard to do. It. <laughs> yeah. No, you, yeah. You want to be able to have Exactly. I want, want, to, have, exactly. Yeah, I want the, to have already done the work necessary to do it. Right. I want my past self to have done that for me. Right. We didn't. <laughs> so And the weirdest thing is that, is that today actually everybody speaks only Chinese um, except for Sam, who can only speak English. Yeah. yeah. Because and, he's very recalcitrant. Yeah, so, but even like, I mean, he, he could get, at any moment, he could just get an Alexa dump, you know, and, and just know Chinese. You will know, just won't you know, do it. I just it. can't speak Chinese. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I just can't. I just can't. I'm just he's not just good at it. capable of it. But yeah, yeah. I think it's, a, it's an important note, too, is that maybe the question is in a year from now, what would it be? What would it be super nice if you could do, could do a that. year from now that you didn't have to go learn in a year from now? Yeah. And then just do that up until do that, that point. Do that now and just pretend like it's a year from now and you're just yeah. looking back on your and being great, like, I'm it glad I'm cool not doing though, that thing anymore. <laughs> yeah. But it is cool to be, to actually to be able to look back, though, fine. Like when you get to that point, you know, to look back and and see what you've accomplished and where, and where you've come. Mm-hmm. And I think as soon as you actually start to do that for real, then that thing itself becomes really just kind of addictive, you know, where, where you want to. You get to the point where you're like, shit. Like, I figured out how to do this, you know. And yeah, you worked your ass off on it. You might have spent a year or years. It's actually this weird thing. Uh, we had that that uh, NPR interview here live in in St. Louis back in 2017. Okay. And uh, you know, we've been we've been given a lot of talks. We we talked to a lot of people. We practice speaking on the podcast. Um, we generally enjoy sharing what we know and telling stories and that sort of thing. But going up there for the interview was was weird because. I've started to feel increasingly like it's almost an out-of-body experience now when I go and if someone asks me a bunch of questions about or wants to interview about a thing that we did because it's sort of like it's a, there's an expert in my brain who knows really well how to talk to people about stuff, crack jokes, appropriate time, mm-hmm. etc. So you're just along for the ride. I just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm like, I feel, genuinely feel like I'm in the background yeah. and this thing is just responding to whatever the but questions are. that's actually are really that's, well. that's how any expert level skill is, right? When you get really yep. when you get really good at programming a certain language or tackling certain kinds of problems, it's automatic now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's part of your it's part of your animal brain is now right. solving those problems for you. And then you just it is weird every once in a while you look and you're like, I did that. I just I didn't even know that I could do that, mm-hmm. you know. And it just happens automatically. Yeah, and one I think one final good sort of tool you can put in your toolkit. For um, sort of like for developing skills and putting in the time is to find somebody who's capable of doing the thing that you want to do, but who is also a total big doofus mm-hmm. and be like, well, if that doofus can do it, <laughs> right. Right, come on, you know, yeah, it's the yeah. doofus technique. Mm-hmm. All right, next question comes from Retro Banana Man NL, who is I've seen really him really in a retro. thousand years. Yeah, he's really retro, these very days. retro. Still hasn't gotten his banana man license back. Nope. So a non-licensed <laughs> banana retro man. I don't even know if you can get those licenses anymore. No. No, they were banned yeah. in the, the mid 2300s. Yeah. So I don't remember why though. Just <laughs> something about <laughs> like a banana. I don't know. It was like a banana fungus or something. I don't know though. why they ever handed them out to begin with. Frankly. Yeah, that was a little weird. I think it was a novelty item. Yeah. yeah. Uh, question is: You build a lot of robots and demons to let them do jobs and stuff for you. How do you build them? Is it in Windows? What kind of program do you use? How does one... And this is an interesting I thing. Summon a demon. I also spoke to. Yeah, I spoke to a writer, who had written written just published a novel, and he's like, "What do you do?" I was like, "I make video games." He's like, "I don't even know how to think about how that is done." Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so for someone coming in, it's like you know, I want to summon a demon. Yeah. How do you summon a, how how do you summon summon a demon? You, what, what kind of, what kind of ingredients do you need? To put but in I think the it's also kind top. of interesting though, right? Because when when you, when we think of say a novelist and that, you know, a writer, mm-hmm. right? And we, somebody tells us that's what we do. And we're like, Oh, like I get that because I've written before. Right. But we don't really get it because it's uh. a very different thing to know how to write and to be able to craft a novel, right? right. Those. They're almost unrelated in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, they, they have the same fundamental skill in the same way that, you know, programming and talking are actually the same kind of fundamental skill, right? But they're just, we have sort of this false perception. like To me, it's actually the problem isn't even just how do you understand what programming is. It's that we're actually, our perception of what everybody else is doing, who's an expert at the thing they do, is just completely wrong. We just have an easier Kind of reference to it, you know. Right, a closer So because so like, you're saying because you have written then if you were to envision. You're like, I'm going to envision a novelist at yeah. their day to day. So you can like I just they're write at a lot. They're at a computer. <laughs> oh, right. they're at a computer. They got a keyboard. They got a cup of coffee, and then there's some kind of a it's like a text input. Yeah, like looks like a word document or mm-hmm. something on their screen, and that's and they're just writing on that thing. Right. You're like, I get that, like, but if you're sense. summoning a demon. Yeah, if you're summoning a demon, then what is does that even? What operating system do you operating? Like, what? This is a good question. On vision, you sit there, your computer, you got your cup of coffee, your screen's up. What the fuck is on that screen? (laughs) How does this work? What's the? Is it Linux that you're on? Is it? Uh, it, Well, so it can be anything. And I think the the goal the the thing to strive for in demon summoning Mm -hmm. is to have your demons not care where they live, right? Because if you have if you have a demon that can only live on you know Windows uh one cuz you know or like Hawaii, remember they started back over or, right mm-hmm. or Whatever. yeah or yeah some of them can only live on a like a per sort of IP address kind of place mm-hmm. yep. so if you want your daemon to be accessible anywhere so you can be like you can get on your your windows 1 machine you can get on your mac os os x mm-hmm. machine you, know, you can get yeah. on any of these things XXBXI. Uh, or and those are of course very rare cuz actually linux is, is now the dominant you know thing mm-hmm. um, but you want to be able to work on anything cuz you want to be able to just walk over to some other machine or have you know alexa deliver you one um, via, via quantum drone. Right? Yeah. And just have a machine and just start working on your demon. Yeah. Cause so- you don't want to be the, the demonist, which is the name of a demon summoner mm-hmm. or yeah, a demon yeah. mancer, depending on you mancer, know, whether yeah. you're from the mm-hmm. North or the Southern hemisphere. Right. Uh Pluto. Yeah. You don't wanna you don't wanna be one of those folks and be in a position where you're like, Oh yeah, I'm in a situation where I have a I have the demon. I know I made a demon that's perfect for this situation. You go to summon that demon, you you can't can't summon that demon. Demon doesn't show up to do your bidding. Yeah. And so your demons should just be they should not care. So how do you get how does that that means you need to (laughs) say telling me that? How does it happen? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that means you need a summoning circle okay. that can be put in any computer. Okay. Right? So your summoning circle, you could that could be like Python, for example. Like okay. Python's a great, like you could you can take Pythons and wrap them into a circle. So, right. like so you have your incantation. Yeah, you your incantation, right? So yeah. you need, or you've got or something like node, which is my my personal current favorite, mm-hmm. you know. Um, because node is also a thing you can, you know, you can use various nodes as points to create a, a pentagram. Right. You can use mm-hmm. that for summoning demons. Yep. Uh, and so, so things like this, like now those, those tools themselves can live on anything, right? So now you've basically made a, a, a platform independent summoning circle. So it's a very robust demon. Yeah. You know, can, well, a very robust way of summoning it. Yeah. Because you can just, you can just. Then use your same demon script, right? Which is just the thing you your incantation that your you read, scroll, your yeah. scroll, right? Yeah. So you can just unfurl that thing in any of these circles, mm-hmm. yeah, it, and it's just fine. Um. So so that's the first step is to is to choose the proper you know summoning circle kind of to something like something like Node.js, Node, Node.js, Python, 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 Java. If you are from the 90s, you sure. know, um, no offense to all of you. No, no, <laughs> no the 90s it's a, it's a place. The 90s. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, obviously the 1990s, which Yeah. But some of you are from because, you know, we live forever, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so first you start with that. That way you can just learn the thing. You don't have to give a shit about where you are, learn the thing. Um, And then you just can start making stuff. And then all your demons are doing is just solving some problem for you. And then it's basically a matter of just saying, I want to know how to solve all of the problems. Just all of them. I want to be able to get thrown a problem and make a demon that can be like, I got this and go Mm -hmm. take care of it. Uh, But you got to start by making just dumb as rocks demons. So as an example demon, we have a pod demon. Yeah, that it lives on a server, and it watches for SoundCloud uploads right. into our SoundCloud stream, and that's all it does is it just stares at our SoundCloud feed. Yeah, it has one of those fiery all-seeing eyes. Like, yeah, so seven right. days yeah. a week, it's just an eye. It's just a big floating eyeball. demon. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, when a SoundCloud track gets put up, so a new podcast episode gets put up, it starts screaming. It's it starts screaming. It it, it 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 then evokes the summoning ritual to create yeah it's actually a series of summoning rituals passed among various demons yeah Yeah. so it so it triggers the cascade of demon summoning where various other demons pop up and they rip the they duplicate the track they merge the audio with a video file then they uh log into our youtube account and then upload it that new audio video file Mm -hmm. as a track onto our youtube channel and also put a description in there for us yeah yeah so normally that would be a process that. that would take a person like an hour and a half to get through and make sure the upload was mm-hmm. done and copy the description over and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And yeah, a lot of just waiting around. A lot of waiting around. Now we got demons. Yeah. Demons you, just, do it. you got and so, demons. Yeah. And, that, and that's a problem that, you know, getting to the point where I could make, you know, this, the series, the collection of demons that summon one another and, you know, and live in different places and all have different kinds of summoning circles uh, yeah, that that's a thing that took seven years of practicing demon summoning before mm. I could really just takes build time. Like that. It takes time. It takes time, and, and but the the place where I started a long time ago, a thousand years ago, yeah, <laughs> was uh, uh, I got so I got a book on C plus mm. plus for game development, and I can't, I think it came from, I can't remember, it's some, some internet thing, it was actually pretty good, and it and it was enough. Uh, I, I was told by a friend at that time that that a good place to start if you want to become a programmer is C plus plus because it's really hard, and it requires that you understand fundamentally what computers are doing. Hmm. And then once you get sort of a, a foothold on that, and feel like you get it and get what's happening, then throw that away forever, and then hey, move terrible. to something, yeah, move to something more sensible where you can use, you know, you can use your 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 summoning circle anywhere. Because C C plus plus, you have to construct the summoning circle on wherever you want to summon hmm. your demon, right? So it's a very labor intensive, very hard to do. But with something like Python or something else, you don't have to do that. So that was his recommendation. That was what I did. And so I learned just enough to to basically make little sort of text-based, you know, things where I would just have text that come up and I would answer yes or no, right, and, mm-hmm. and progress a story. Uh, and then I started using it for work where I would start taking the files that I was dealing with and start making programs that just read the files and process them and then did something interesting. So instead of doing stuff by hand, you just like, right. I'll just make a, make a demon. Make a demon. Yeah. And at the beginning, I didn't. I never asked the question, is it going to, will I actually get a sort of a time boost out of make, making a demon to do this for me? Cause because at the because beginning, no. At the beginning, no. Because you're And slow. that's not even the point. The mm-hmm. point is to, once you understand the problem and can and can solve it, uh, the cool thing is, you know, now it's solved forever, but maybe you only need to solve it once. Mm-hmm. But at the beginning, you don't care. You just say, I want to try to find problems that I can cast Into you know a demon scroll so that I can actually summon a demon to handle this problem for me. And you just start with easy problems. I when I was when I was teaching uh, my wife how to summon demons, um, (laughs) I did it with uh, with uh, a a, with a scroll that basically all it would do is it would take a paragraph and insert comma butts before every period and exclamation mark. Uh, we just called it the butts generator, right? All it did was just, just some, just, just pointless, and dumb and stuff. Yeah, but <laughs> and so you know, it was a pointless problem, but very, you know, kind of cute and funny, so that you can kind of stay engaged with it. Because I think the main problem when you're when you're trying to learn how to summon demons is this the language is so archaic. You know, it's like mostly in Latin,
1: and mm-hmm. it's just hard
0: to. Yep. It's, it's just boring as fuck to read. And like you got to deal with pythons from, all day. Yeah. You yeah. got to wrestle snakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the problems they're trying to solve are also just like, they're just so, they're so businessy and non-interesting, you know? Uh, and so if you just invent your own as stupid as possible problems that are as small as possible and start learning just enough to do it, you know, find a book on it. And as you're reading through that book, it'll give you examples. It'll be like, type in this code and make it do this. Don't stop there. Don't keep reading the book.
1: Be Actually like, what stop if there, but you do stuff there stop and ask that. Exactly. What if I
0: do this instead? Right. Mm-hmm. What if I add this new this line to the scroll? Or what if I change this glyph or something, right? Like what happens now? What happens next? And then get to the point where you can predict what happens next. Yeah, you don't in learning how to summon demons slash program, just for those who are lost in this metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> this is just about programming. Uh, you you don't really learn by doing so much as you learn by experimenting. Yeah. So if somebody just says, Hey, write this code and it'll do this thing. You could do that learn. You're it, not yeah. going to know what the fuck you just typed mm-hmm. or yeah. why. Um, so it all comes down to just starting to fiddle with things and change stuff and right. see what happens. Yeah. And so it's all about just trying stuff, experimenting. And, and again, not worrying about whether or not the things that you're creating, the the, you know, the solutions that you're come up, coming up with are worth coming up with. Well, just just goes, ignore that question. Yeah, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier about recognizing where you are yeah. and believing that you can get to the demon circle summoning. Right. And you just know, being like, la- I know that it's possible to make real, real good demons. Yeah. Right all now, my- all my demons are total dummos mm-hmm. and all they can do is put butts on things. But, but that's awesome. But I got butt demons now, so I feel like <laughs> I could take this knowledge further. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And have whole body demons or something, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Because the thing is, if you can put butts on things, maybe you can take butts away from things, uh, yeah. you know? Maybe you can turn things And then things from there, butts. who knows? The Sky- sky's the limit. Or the butt's the limit. Yeah. Yep. And then yeah. you can write a cloud-to-butt extension for Chrome, which is a real thing. <laughs> it's a real thing. Actually, wait, what? Yeah. It's an extension on Chrome that replaces every instance of the word cloud with the word butt. <laughs> but here's the thing. This this extension appeared just as a joke before the word cloud came into common usage as, like, uploading data. Mm-hmm. And so there's this hilarious brief moment in time where, for a few years, people had this cloud to butt extension. And then, just a few times a day, they it. would see the word cloud replaced with the word butt. And they'd be like, hey, but. And then all of a sudden, there's this huge surge in companies talking about cloud storage. <laughs> so, and, and these, storage. And these people who had installed this extension, it was so sort of low key. And that they just they, forgot because they you just see kind, so, rare they kind of forgot that it was there. <laughs> And there was a handful of people who suddenly popped up on the internet who were posting screenshots being real confused about why all of a sudden all these companies are talking about butts. <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I, I was wanted, talking about butts. Google's talking about butts. <laughs> That's good. I wanted good. to write an extension. Uh, it turns out the, the, the whole like Google Chrome extension ecosystem is, is disintegrating and you can't really mm-hmm. do it anymore, unfortunately. But I was looking into it a little while ago because I wanted to make an extension where Anytime you're on an article at certain websites, like news, news sites or science sites or something that it would replace every word with uh, every word. Like, for example, may would say may or may not. Mm. And every time it said was was shown to, I would say some people saw this happen in a few cases. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Uh, and just replace it. Cause I was thinking if, if all it's that sort, happened, it's a science article interpreter. Yeah. Right Cause now. the thing is when you like, literally anytime you read an article and you see the word might, that means might or might not. Right, that's literally right. what that means, <laughs> but it's always used to imply favorably that that's, right. you know, that that's what the thing is. And uh, I think this is true for, for just for, Our general, the state of journalism today, right? When you're reading CNN or whatever. But can you imagine reading an article where someone was hedging that much about something that's how much they should be hedging? I mean, they should. Did you know that there was a study that may or may not have shown that eating up to three pounds of chocolate a week may or may not reduce your risk (laughs) of colon cancer by up to 1%? And we should replace up to with... From zero to that number, right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> right. that's also what that means, yeah. You know, when they say it's up, you, you can do up to you can get you can make up to one thousand dollars a month with our scam. So make, well, there's also that trick where people say over X number, yeah. right? Which really just means like very slightly over, mm-hmm. right? Because if they're like over 500, blah, it's like it's like, so so a, it's like, it's like a truthiness right. injector, yeah. Because if, exactly. if some scam said you may or may not make between zero and $1,000 a month. Yeah. Instead of you may method. make up to $1,000, right. which, which is, feels better. Mm-hmm. But it means exactly the same thing. It's pretty funny. What yeah. it really means is what you were saying was just not worth saying. And you probably shouldn't have written it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't that be great if that's actually how people treated writing mm, content for us nah. to go consume and on the internet, you know, just not how it is, man. This is not, this is like, how oh, it is out. Do. It turns out I said nothing. Maybe I should just, not hit publish. But then where would Twitter be? Where would it be? Probably profitable. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Uh, that's never going to happen. I mean, it still hasn't happened in a thousand years. In a years. thousand years. <laughs> Somehow they still are losing a million dollars. And I don't... Why wow, why people keep buying their stocks? Yeah. I don't understand the financial oh, markets. Man. Screaming into the void as we've gotten further and further into space. It's just become sort of a... The, well, the void is just... Cultural underpinning. Yeah, the void has do. become scarier. So we just feel more like we need to fill it with stuff. You know? Heat. Noise. Yeah, wherever we can really just just pure rage you know (laughs) emotion yeah Uh, right, we got time for one last question which comes from Lagoria who says when crafting your or when creating your business what affected your decision on where to incorporate I've heard advice about choosing certain states over others for tax reasons Mm. thoughts so we chose Missouri because we we live here here. is it supposed to be Delaware is that the one everyone's all about that's if you incorporate as a corporation yeah Delaware has an LLC I don't think Delaware gives a shit about LLCs. Okay. I'm pretty sure they have, a, they just have a lot of lenient laws going toward corporations, but they're, but they're actually for LLCs in general. Actually, there are a lot of state specific kinds of rules where it isn't just the case that you can necessarily operate your business in one state, but have it come from a different state. Right. So right. all that kind of stuff depends. You're going to need to talk to it's an actual It's probably expert. the case that LLCs are more strictly regulated in sure, that yeah. sense because mm-hmm. a corporation is, is, Thought to be owned owned by a lot of different people, right? Right, and so which is why, like you know, a corporate you know, have gotcha. you have know, a million shares of stock out there, and each one is held by a different person. So where is your company? It's everywhere, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You may be operating out of five different states or one state, or whatever, but where you're incorporated just doesn't matter because the owners yeah. live everywhere. Right. So, so it's what, why weird. didn't we choose Missouri? Did just because we, we live here, and we live here. well, I think also we we need mail to come here, you know, stuff like yeah. that. And and we also, we have not yet and may not ever uh, played the, how do we minimize our tax burden game by playing games thing, right? Uh, For for a few reasons. One is like, guys, just why think about that when we could be making video games? Because if we took that time and made another video game, then we'd have a lot more money than if we save 5% on our taxes or something. That is true. Uh, But also hire a good accountant to do that for you. And as as we discussed last (laughs) episode, just buy a politician, Mm -hmm. boom. Yeah. good that's that's how you cut your taxes right, it is the best way yeah. Uh, yeah those are you have to you have to hit a certain level before you can do that though which mm-hmm. is part of the problem. I, mean, I mean now butterscotch owns all the politicians which has right. been really helpful for us but it also that's a high barrier to entry for your average person because we already own them so mm-hmm. you know yeah like right. what are you gonna do right? what are you gonna do um, yeah i guess that's the answer yep so uh so that's i think that's all the time we have um even though we literally have infinite time on account of our agelessness mm-hmm. but uh yeah. you know, we're just going to call it a day there just because, you know, whatever. So We got we got stuff to go not We got do. stuff to go sit around and wait on. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'd like to thank our studio wrangler, Monique, for putting this episode together. Our producer, Fat Bard, for making us sound good. And the Bscotch dev team, Andy T sher for continuing to build stuff while we're in here chatting. Uh, special thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord and forums running. And, of course, we'd like to thank our listeners for coming back every week to listen to us talk about a bunch of stuff. Also, if you want to get involved in the community, I don't know where the Butterscatch Discord. It's located at bit.ly slash discord Come say hi. We're in there. People are in there. Uh, there's, it's good. There was a robot that lived in there, mm-hmm. and it died, though. Mm-hmm. It, was, yeah. it was a sad day. Yeah. Uh, also, we don't advertise this show, so we depend completely on word of mouth and good reviews. So if you want to help us grow, please tell your friends and enemies. Then hit up Apple Podcasts or Google Playcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we really need to learn what these things are called <laughs> there's also also a 3k17 podcast because you can listen to podcasts inside the while group. you're while you're no scoping footballs yeah uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah but uh, those reviews help everything helps us get the word out and we appreciate it so thank you all for listening and we'll see you next week bye bye. bye.